Hi listeners, you're welcome to Family Alive Ministry, aka FAM. God began the world with a family, and it must be our goal to maintain that plan. A godly family will produce a godly world. We hope as you listen to this message, the vision to restore God's plan in families will be impressed on your heart. Now, today's message. If you've been part of CY4, you, you realize that we've taught it and all for some time. And sometimes you think when you have thought something for some time, you think it's that it's supposed to make things much easier. But rather sometimes it's not that rather easy. Because anytime you ask a teacher, you have to go back to it and re-look at what you have thought. Um, you know, and sometimes, and especially with this ministry, with the ministry God has called us, so we have so much we have to teach and talk about a whole lot. Are you with me? But I'm just so glad um, having to go over and study again and look at, and I'm just um, so glad when it comes to what I, um, what the Holy Spirit will share today. Are we good? Uh-huh. So shake your neighbor and say, neighbor, there's something the Holy Ghost is about to share. Amen. I'm also very excited so, I hope you are excited, right? Oh, shake your neighbor and say, neighbor, are you excited? Um, are you sure you're excited? There's something I studied, amen. There's something I was studying in preparing for the kingdom about Jesus that I discovered. It's just, it's just so sweet to my spirit. <laughs> are we in the house? Yeah. Oh, shake your nose. Relax. Your pastor Ross can relax. <laughs> Amen. When your people are not relaxed, you can't relax. But it, 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 it's, it's amazing. Eh? Look, I want to share because it's sweet, but it's not in my message. So you let me go to my message so that, listen. But I don't know how I'm going to share because I understand it within the context in the sense that, you know, Jesus, Jesus is really God's, God's solution. And um, there's a way the study put it. That's what I want to, I want to read to you. And those that would catch it, I'm sure you will catch it. You are, you are good. All of you, you are good. Are you in the house? Yeah. Ask anybody, are you hungry? Yeah. <laughs> so, I said, did, you, did you bring table, uh, the second service? Did you bring, yeah. Because if you didn't, then we are in trouble. Because you won't smile, you won't get something to eat. <laughs> Are you with me? Uh-huh. The thing about people, about when you're hungry, smile becomes very challenging. You know. But once you eat, Charlie, you can talk. Uh, the Lord is good. Mm. Jesus, our Lord. Charlie, we must worship Jesus, Lord. Guys, are you in the house? We must do what? Jesus is beautiful. 
Amen. You see, sometimes when you sit back and you hear somebody say, like, hey, oh, Benjamin, it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not necessarily so. <laughs> it's not necessarily so. So look at all the It's not necessarily so. Sometimes we get a glimpse of him. That's basically, God gives us a glimpse of him, and then he's like, oh, wow, okay. I thought I was seeing, but I was, not, I was not seeing. In a sense, what he's trying to say is simply, I'm trying to find why I'm, I'm struggling. He says, look, um, Amen. Hmm. This is the way he puts it in the house. <laughs> that Jesus was God's prescribed solution before he before the problem came into being. And he says he almost put as if Jesus Jesus is, is God's cheat code behind the problem before the problem even came that God desired to express grace to us through Jesus before the problem even arose and the way you put it is like and this is the way you put it said look it's God's desire to sum up everything in a sense God's desire is to make everything meaning through Jesus so Jesus is the meaning of all life Jesus is the meaning of everything. That, that's why healing, wholeness, everything is by him. I, amen. I, I, I know the excitement of having. <laughs> like it, just, it just gives me joy to know Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah. God's desire is to sum up everything in Jesus. Yeah. Amen. You tell me, but let's go on. Let's go on. So we're talking about kingdom today, right? Today we're starting a series of kingdoms. Sounds a kingdom. And we are going to go through a, a, I don't know, Holy Spirit help us. But to understand the kingdom of God or what the kingdom, what the Bible talks about, the kingdom of God, we have to start with God. Or before we understand kingdom, we have to start with God. So when you go to Genesis, Genesis introduces God. In the beginning, God. Now, before anything was, God is. Before anything was, God is. Hallelujah. Do you get that statement? <laughs> and you have to understand that God is not just a name, or God is not a name. Because we say, God is not name, God is a description of a character. God is one name, it's a description of a character. It means the self-existing one or self-sufficient one. The self-existing one or the self-sufficient one. Meaning that God needs nothing or no one to exist. So before we get to understand the concept of kingdom and all that is associated with it, we first must get God. Um, A theologian 
said, he said, God is the only infinite, eternal, and unchangeable spirit, the perfect being in whom all things begin and continue and end. So even before you can define kingdom, you have to define God. Because God is the beginning of everything and God is the end of everything. Does it make sense? Aha. Uh-huh. That's why I said that before anything was, God is. And that concept, you have to get it. Amen. Romans 1.20 says, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, whose into invisible attribute, God, are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead. Hmm. So that they are without excuse. Hey, do you get it? For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, and his divine nature have been clearly, what? Seen, being understood from what has been made, so that men are without excuse. Hey, are you in the house? Mm-hmm. Scripture tells us in Isaiah 45, verse 18, For thus says the Lord, who created the heavens, who is God? Who created the heavens, who is God? Here it says, it says he who created the heavens, he is God. He who fashioned and made the earth, he founded it. He did not create it to be empty, but formed it to be inhabited. He says, I am the Lord, and there is no other. I am the Lord and there is what? No other. I am the Lord and there is what? No other. So before anything, God. If you are going to understand the kingdom concept, you have to understand God. You have to place God rightly before you can get the kingdom concept. And now once God is taken out, you are going to create something that will be very difficult for you to get. Are you in the house? Uh-huh. And it's likely going to is actually going to point to what God didn't intend from the very beginning. So, what are we getting? Now, one, this God created the supernatural world and the natural world by his power. Both the supernatural and the natural, God created all. Everything that is in his spirit form was created by God. Am I making some sense? Uh Uh-huh. It's not just the physical that was created by God, but the spiritual was even created by God. Everything in the spiritual, because before anything kept had any form, God is there. As remember, God is and has always been. Amen. Are you in the house, church? Uh-huh. So that's one. Number two, the world God created shows both purpose and intelligence. The world that God created both shows purpose and both the supernatural and the natural world. Both shows what? Purpose and intelligence. Hallelujah. Amen. Bible says in Psalm 19 verse 1, it says what? The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiworks. That's purpose and what? Intelligence. Hey, are you in the house? That's what? Purpose and what? Intelligence. Whatever God created, there's purpose in it and there's in- it also reveals his intelligence because it's to manifest his glory. It's to show something. It's to show forth who he is. 
So everything that God created has that. Then the next point you should have, you should, you should get is that when God created the natural world, he made man to have dominion over it. So the natural world was made so that man will have dominion. When you look at Genesis 1, 26 to 28, it said, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to what? Our likeness. He said, Let them have what? Dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So God created both the supernatural and the natural, right? They reveal his glory. They reveal purpose and uh, intelligence. And the physical world, the natural world, he made so that man will have dominion over it. Now, when you go into the Bible, you go from the Genesis going, one of the things you may not see a lot of, you don't see words of king, um, dominion, um, about kingship, all those things. But they are are true that are interwoven in everything that God created. One, the reason why God made man to have dominion is because God himself already has dominion. Because he said, let us make man in our own image. And that points to the fact that God reigns. I'm making some sense, somebody. Uh-huh. Because he said, let us make man in our image and our likeness and let man have dominion like we do. Now, why? Because God himself has dominion and he has dominion over everything. Yeah, I'm making some sense to somebody. Uh-huh. And then you have to understand, the next point you have to understand, a man is the crowning act of God's intention, of an intentional creator. Man is the crowning act. Because when you look at Genesis, you can see that Man, creating man was one of the last things that God did. Man is a crowning crowning act of an intentional creator. And then the last point is that you have to get this. God rules over both the supernatural and the natural. So over both what God has put man over and everything, God rules over them. Because in a sense, he's the creator of everything. Do you get it? Uh-huh. So, he's a creator of everything. It means that he rules over them. He has power over them. I'm making some sense, somebody. Uh-huh. And this, you, you, you have to get it. Um, um, Chronicles, First Chronicles 29, 11 to 12 says, Yours, O Lord, is greatness, the power and the glory, the victory and majesty, for all that is in heaven and earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom. O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. Mm. Both riches and honor come from you, and you reign over all. In your hand is power and might. In your hand is to make great and to give strength to all. Hey. So you can see that everything that God creates is in charge. Shake your hand and say, God is in charge. God is in charge. God is in charge. I like the way it says, large and words in charge. Amen. <laughs> Shake your say, God is in charge. God is in charge of, over everything. Over everything. Angels, demons. What? Whatever is in creation, God is in charge. Hallelujah. Amen. So, I mean, that is supposed to give us some level of um, uh, um, assurance, right? That God is in charge. 
Now, anytime we're talking about kingdom, we're talking about, um, or there are four words that is introduced. One, we're talking about the reign. I mean, those words, we're talking about reign, we're talking about rule, we're talking about realm, and we are talking about royalty. Reign, rule, realm, and royalty. This implies that God is king, one. Number two, God is the lawgiver. Number three, he judges. He judges over his people and over the affairs of creation. And then last one, it also implies that God is sovereign. Sovereign means there's no power beyond. That doesn't make sense. And I'm talking about both the supernatural and the natural. Mm. Mm. Okay. So that being established, shake your neighbor and say, neighbor, let's, let's move a step further. So this king who is in charge of everything, both supernatural and everything that's put in form and all that, and then the man he created over the, the natural world, Bible tells us how after giving his law, remember I said that his kingship implies that he's a king, he's a, king, he's a lawgiver, and that he judges. So the man that he has created God says, let me give you an instruction to show you that I'm above you. Right? Oh, are you in the house? Sometimes you get up and you want to let people know who is in charge. So sometimes I say, come and take the, the listen. You can take it, but don't come and take it. <laughs> so that just so you are reminded who is in charge. Hey, I'm having a hand, Bruno. <laughs> Hallelujah. Trust me, sometimes when you have people who, 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 who you are, sometimes you just have to give them instructions. For no other they just call them and say, you know what, buy me a sweater and bring it. Take a car and bring it. Just so that you can tell who's in charge. Hey, I'm at yourself in the house. So God has created and God says, okay, this is what I want you to do. Don't touch this. You can eat everything. Isn't it interesting? You can eat everything, just one, don't touch Everything you can eat, everything you can touch. Everything you have authority. The very thing that you don't have authority. <laughs> and Bible makes us understand, an intruder came into, into, the, into the space. An intruder. Remember, this intruder is already somebody who has rebelled. So he comes in with an argument to this guy who God is giving authority over um, Dr. Masson call it is God's real estate. And he makes arguments that God was withholding something from the people. That by telling you not to touch, God was withholding something from you. And what was that? That you become like him. That no matter how much he has given you, he's still there. Something has not given to you. Hey, are you in the house? That was the argument of Satan. And don't you think that what he's not giving to you, it might be more profound than what he's giving to you? <laughs> what his argument did was that it, it, made them, it, it, it made them lose trust in the word God has given to them. They failed to express trust in God and the word he has given to them. That's what they did. 
trust. They failed to trust. And then what happened was that the next, once they failed to trust, they then yielded to the temptation of the fact that what God is withholding, that, that one God is withholding something from us, and what is withholding from us, the experience is better than what he has given to us. And the interesting thing is that that's the same argument till now. The devil hasn't changed his strategy, the same. Yeah. Fornication is sweeter. Mm. They must be holding something from you by saying, don't have sex until you get married. No, what is it? Let's go for it. Let's go for it. Let's go for it. Hey. It's the same argument. It hasn't changed. Anytime Satan is coming, bringing temptation, one is, is asking you to question the command. Yeah. And he's giving an argument that what is being withheld from you is better than what you have received. Mm. The other temptation. And they turned, by so doing, do you know what they did? They turned the whole human race into, into a children of disobedience because they disobeyed. And every seed from there now automatically is branded disobedient. Every seed carried a rebellion inside of, of, of them. That's what happens to the human race. By not trusting and disobeying, now all humanity is condemned into this. Ephesians 2, 2 says this. It says, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, this guy, <laughs> and the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Hey, that's what happened. So every child, everybody, sometimes I tell you about who says, Oh, I was born a Christian. I said, no, it's not biblical. Nobody's born a Christian. As a matter of fact, if Bible, as Bible is true, we are all born sons of disobedience. He carries it inside of him. No, 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 cute, innocent. No, there's no innocent child. Hey, are you in the house? There's no innocent child. There's rebellion inside of them. What age do children reach and all of a sudden they say, they say no and they question everything? <laughs> children reach an age, everything, they say no. Any right to tell, they say no. They will question everything. What they say they shouldn't take? It is already inside of them. Aye. Hey, are you in the house? Yeah, 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 yeah. Some of you can remember when you started rebelling. Yeah. They're giving their bottles and say, no, I want the breast. No. Yeah, we told you something for me. <laughs> why, why, why bottle? Why are you struggling? I want the breast. You cry. Ah. Hey. hey, are you in the house? Shake your neighbor and say, neighbor. Hmm. And by so doing, man forfeited the power to have dominion and rather became subject to Satan. Now, here's the interesting thing Satan says, Look, yeah, we told him on you. You could be much more. So, rebel. Man said, you're right. Let's rebel. What man didn't know was that, as of us, you're just changing ownership. So, we traded God for Satan. Hey, are you in the house? Mm. The whole human race became led by Satan. Ultimately, our rebellion was against God and his rule. That's one thing you have to get. In the garden, 
What man did was that man rebelled against God, who is king, and all of God's rule. So man started a race, a rebellious race, and a rebellious, we became unto ourselves a rebellious kingdom. Hallelujah. We came unto ourselves, what? A rebellious kingdom. Mm. But thanks be to God. God is a God that doesn't give up so easily. Hey, hallelujah. Yeah, it doesn't give up easily. Bible makes us understand that, you know, the human race began and on and on and on. And then God said, no, I know the plan I have. Right. And when I look at the end, it's beautiful. So let me go after these rebellious people. So when you look in the whole Bible, the journey of the Bible is a God, a king who is subject to have rebelled against him, but he's going after them to build a new nation out of them. Hallelujah. So he starts with covenants. He starts with one man and starts with covenants with them. And then he told them, you go into exile, but I will come for you. Hallelujah. So at the point in time, he went for them. Exodus 19, 1 to 6. Let's get what goes on there. Exodus 19, 1 to 6. Um, let's just say, in the third month of what? Shall we read? In the third month of what? I'd gone out of... Uh-huh. On the same day, they came towards the wilderness of what? Sinai. Okay, let's go on. For they had departed from what? Okay, had come to wilderness of Sinai and camped in the wilderness. So Israel camped there before the mountain. Let's go on. And Moses went up to, and the, for the mountain, saying, Thou you shall, okay, you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the children of Israel. Let's go on. You have seen what I did towards the Egyptians. You have seen what I did to the other kingdom. Okay, go on. And how I bore you on what eagle's wings and brought you to myself. The next point. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my commandments, then you shall be what? A special treasure to me above what? All people. For all the earth is what? Mine. The next verse says, you shall be what? And you shall be what? Aha. Uh-huh. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. Now here, remember I said that God by ruling, by creating everything is king. He rules over everything. But yet God in this sense says that if you will obey me, you shall be unto me a kingdom. So even though God rules over everything, now God is also now focusing, because first of all, I told you that when you look at the word kingdom, four, four words come out. What? Reign. Uh-huh. God reigns over everything. But here, God is now specifically as if God is focusing on a realm. And what is the realm? The realm of the covenant obedient ones. Mm. I hope you are following. Yeah. He said, if you will obey me, then you shall be unto me a kingdom. So now, it's no more an issue of everything God has created. Because remember, everything God has created rebelled against him. Even to the degree that even the ground was even showing signs of rebellion because of sin. So God says, no, I'm going to redeem it. I'm going to correct it. But God started with one and the covenant. He said, look, if you will obey my covenant and you will follow me, then I will make you unto a kingdom. So in a sense, he reigns over everything, but there's another kingdom or there's a specific kingdom that God is now nurturing. 
and God is now building unto himself. Hallelujah. Oh, is it making sense? Are, are, we, are we going somewhere? Shake your nose and say, we are going somewhere, we are going somewhere, we are going somewhere. Hey. <laughs> so on the other hand, there is a sense that the people of Israel, by the covenant of obedience to God, will have, will have become a kingdom of priests unto him. The focus now is on the realm. God moves to restore the kingdom and its influence. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, so God started moving. God started moving through Abraham and start correcting everything. I mean, before, but start correcting everything. And as uh, Moses now comes in, takes on God's charge to go to restore and put his kingdom back together. The people, you know, you share. God always will share his idea. So God shares his idea of doing that. And as the people are moving and, and they talk about a kingdom, then the people also says, oh, yes, we, are, we understand. We are going to be a kingdom, you know. That, that, that guy that thinks he understands everything you're saying. Uh-huh. So the people pick it up, and then along the line, guess what starts happening? The people start now thinking that what God is going to do is just like what the other nations are. Because they too are also a kingdom. So what they start doing? They start requesting for a king. God says, I'm going to make a kingdom. Let's go. As they are going, they didn't know the blueprint. They couldn't get the blueprint. And they started asking. They said, God, we too, we want a king so that we can become like a, a kingdom. And Bible makes us understand, by their requesting for a human king, they automatically rejected God. Second time. When in a garden we are questioning God's word, we rejected him, his kingship. Now he's going and said, I'm restoring, I'm going to do. And then once again they come and then they reject. <laughs> they reject God again. And Bible makes us understand, it broke the heart of God. It broke the heart of God. But, hey, so after all I've been coming for you again and all that I've done, still you people have rejected me. <laughs> it's like going to the ballots. I'm telling you, after building all the roads, <laughs> and you go to the ballot, and you don't even get 10. <laughs> hey, God has delivered them. God has fed them. God, by mighty acts, they still rejected God. Hey, are you in the house? Yeah. <laughs> they rejected God. And Guess what? <laughs> when they were asking, God said, look, this one you are asking for, they are going to build more houses for themselves. That's what God said. So my concern is that the king that you are, uh, the leader you are asking for, the king you are asking for, is going to think about himself, one. He said, greed is going to fill his heart. He's going to pick more women. Now what are you expecting? Because there's one thing that God knows that the people don't know. That the problem is not the location. The problem is the heart of man. The problem is not the location. The problem is the heart of man. That's why the kingdom of God is not about location. It's about human hearts. Because that's where the actual problem started from. It's the heart of man. Hey, Hallelujah. <laughs> And in all the dealings of God with them in the Old Testament, God kept pointing them to the law. Why? Because the law was the one thing that could hold their heart a bit. 
So that's what, that's what, and all that God, is, when, you, when you watch, you look at the Old Testament, the human kingdom, they, they built, I mean, trying to represent God's kingdom, God made sure that there was a priest, right? There was a prophet, and there was a king. And the priest's job was to make sure that the law of God is, is, is available, and the law of God is available to the people. And the king's duty was to make sure that he doesn't mislead the people away. But when you read the Bible, after one king, after one king, they kept leaving, uh, leading the people away from God in more rebellious against the kingship of God. So guess what? Over a period of time, God says, okay, let me get for myself my own king. So what did God do? He went and gets David. God wants to get a, 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 a David from among them. And what did David do? <laughs> the same. So even the solution that God prescribed for a month didn't work. Hey, are you in the house? Shake your name and say, neighbor, you baby, you baby. Chess, chess, we're on a journey. Yeah. Just think about it. God said, I found for myself my own king. Yeah, that's what he said. He said, David, the man who chases after me. The guy only came to flow. He got, he got God so angry. God said, I'm tearing the kingdom away from you. <laughs> the one that God had given the great influence. Now God himself said, like, I regret it. Hmm. But God had made a, co- a, co- a covenant to David. And says, I'll make your, your seed sit on the throne. But you remember what I was saying from the beginning? God has already written Jesus as a solution. The cheat, the cheat code behind the whole issue. So when you look at the whole Bible, you see Jesus everywhere. The code of Jesus everywhere is a cheat code. <laughs> Can you see? So when God says, I'll make your, your, somebody sit on the throne forever. Ah. Are you in the house? Aha. So the people, and remember all this while, the people of Israel, they were looking for a human kingdom. To them, the solution is a human kingdom. A human king. Somebody who is coming to bring us, like other nations, we too can beat them and then we can reign. Hallelujah. Sometimes it is sad that how we put our hope in men. Yeah. That's the problem. We put our hope in men. Some of us, you put your hope, your, the joy for your life, you put in the husband, some, it's, a, it's a hope you put in a man. Have I gone there too quickly? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you put the woman, that's where you have packaged your joy. <laughs> There's one thing God knows that you don't know. The problem is in the heart. It's not the tribe. It's not the tribe. Whether the man is a, the guy or I, he doesn't change anything. It's not the tribe, it's the heart. Hey. We got married here. That's why our lives are in trouble. No, even if they take you to uh, Timbuktu, you still have problems. It's not. <laughs> Go to other places. I also have marriage problems. It's, it's, it's the heart. Shake your nose and say, it's the heart. It's the heart. Oh, shake your nose and say, it's the heart. Hey, akumano, akumano. Hey. So let's look at something. God's one. Let's look at God. Isaiah 9, 6 to 7. The cheat code, one of the cheat code in the, in, the, in, the, in the Old Testament. 
Shall we read what, shall we read, what does it say? For uh-huh, unto us what? A son is given. It says what? And the government will be upon what? His shoulder and his name will be called what? Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The next one, it says, Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from the time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts. That's a, that was a cheat code. And when you go through scriptures, you see plenty cheat codes. God has put it there. God has introduced Israel means to his kingdom. Israel has put it here, here and there. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So, fast forward, the people go through all their disappointment, one government after the other, they were uh, in slavery and all those things. Then there was a timer. Hey, Micah. Let's look at what Micah says here before we go to Micah 5 2. It says, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrata, though you are little among the thousands of uh, Judah, yet out of you shall come forth what? To me, the one to rule in Israel, whose going forth are from of old, from everlasting. Another cheat code. But they both didn't get it. They studied it down, but they still didn't get it. <laughs> then Matthew. Hmm. Then a baby was born. A tiny baby somewhere. Then all of a sudden, God himself went to announce and said, the guy is here. <laughs> so the guys went out to go and look, where's the guy? Where's the guy? Where's the king? Where's the king? And that's how they came. They came to the, the king who was there, the human king there, and said, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Hmm. And then the one, the, the human king, the lie, started shaking. He said, yeah, there's a king in town. <laughs> now, the reason why he was shaking was because they knew that there's a perfect idea of kingship that is coming. They just didn't know who and how it will come. So once the Magi came to him and says, we have seen a star, he said, they said, look, go and look for him and, go and, and come and tell me, so that me too, I will worship him. And then they go look for the guy, and the guy is in the manger somewhere. That's what God eh? Next week, I'll talk about the element of the kingdom. And you see how different. That's why God hid everything. Sometimes it's in plain sight, but you can't see it. How many of you have played pillow low before? Is it pillow low? Pillow low. Yeah, to hide the stick. Sometimes the best trick, when you're looking for the trick, the best trick they put in front of you. You will roam into you will search. Hey, one time we searched, the sun was so search, search, and the person was just laughing. No, no, we're just stepping on and going back and forth. That's what God did. He was in plain sight, but was hidden. It was in plain sight, but was hidden. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Because trust me, God had dealt with human and he knew that what was in man's heart. Remember what I said when Jesus came, he never put his trust in man because he knew what was God's in man's heart. That was where the issue was. God knew the minute man chose to trust the devil over him in the garden, 
God knew that there was something wrong with man's heart. Hmm. Shake your neighbor and say, neighbor, we are going, we are going, we are going, we are going. Hmm. Amen. So he comes in, they worship him, they try to kill him, and then God preserves him, you know. And then Jesus talks about the kingdom, the kingdom. And then one time, just for you to know how still, even though he was, he was there, but they still didn't get it. Uh, let's look at Matthew 20, 20, 20, 23. Let's look at something there. The sons of Zebedee. Mm. The sons of Zebedee. So they came to him. Let's say for, take us to the, uh, what? Um, let's go, take us to 2020. Yeah, 2020. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to him with her sons, kneeling down and asking him something. They came to Jesus and were asking Jesus something. What were they asking Jesus? And he said to her, what do you wish? She said to him, grant that these two sons of mine may sit on, on your right hand and the other on the left in your kingdom. So every, so every Jew understood the concept of a kingdom. But they didn't know how it was going to come. And they felt like right that, right that Jesus had come and Jesus doing all this miracle, it was a physical kingdom that was coming. So they had gone negotiating. As about the sons of Zebedee, they, they sent their, their mother as a lobbyist to go and lobby for better position for them. When the kingdom comes, when Jesus goes to the, to the throne and takes his place. <laughs> so they were with even him, but they still didn't understand. What did he say? Let's go what he said. The next verse. He says, but Jesus answered and said, you do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink? And be baptized with the baptism that I, I, what, I am baptized with. They said to him, we are able. Share. Give it to me. Give it to me. Yeah, yeah. Kokra. see see So he said to them, you will indeed drink the, you will indeed drink the cup. And be baptized with the baptism that I am, about, I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give. But it is for those whom it is prepared for by my father. Jesus is saying, oh, what he was saying, he said, look, yes, I can see that you actually want to enter the kingdom. The kingdom, then you enter. And what did he mean? What did he mean? How did, how did the kingdom begin? The kingdom began by the shedding of blood. Yeah. So he said, look, as for the kingdom, this thing, it will start once the blood is, sh- is shed. So as at that time, Jesus is, the kingdom hasn't started. He was in to wash it, but it hasn't started. He said, look, he asked for that one, dear. But to tell me to sit on my right or my left, that one my father would decide. Even me, it's taking blood to sit by my father. What are you talking about? Because he's taking blood, me shedding my blood. Isn't that what the Bible says? That now he's seated at his father's right hand side. Yeah, he's taking blood for me to say. So, open oh, so let my father determine how you get there. And did they, did they share blood? Yes, all those would have begun. The kingdom began by all of them, as not only Jesus, all of them shed their blood. Hey, are you in the house? This is my introduction for the kingdom. Hey, 
Hallelujah. <laughs> Today I'm just doing introduction. I'm almost through my introduction. Amen. <laughs> now let me say one thing. When Jesus was with them, one of the things that Jesus asked them to pray in the, in the um, in his prayer was to pray that what the kingdom come. So it implies two things. One, the kingdom was not in yet. That's one. But then he also said he should pray in the prayer. So it's not only that the kingdom was not in yet, but because the kingdom, in a sense, came when Jesus shed his blood, the Holy Ghost came, the kingdom, the, the age of the kingdom began. But then also, in a sense, and I need, I need you guys to follow, the culmination of a kingdom and the works of the kingdom, there's a particular age in which all will come. And that is spoken of in Revelation. So Jesus, that's why Jesus said, even so, kingdom come. We should keep praying the kingdom comes. The reality of the kingdom comes. Because even though it was going to arise, it's coming through um, Jesus' arrival and all that, yet in his full culmination, the, the, the things and what God has set for the kingdom is yet to come. Because here's the thing, guys, follow. Man's actions have always been in rebellion against God and his kingdom. And it's everywhere around the world. Systems of men is against the kingdom of God. And all that he's doing right now is fighting God's kingdom arrival. Even though he's here. And that's why the Bible said that someday the kingdoms of the world shall become the kingdom of our Lord and his king. So yes, the kingdom age is here, but it hasn't finished. So we are looking for the day when someday the kingdom's influence will take over every other mountain of influence. Uh, are you in the house? Yeah. It, and, it's, and it's coming. Tell about it. it is coming. It is coming. It is coming. So, Jesus comes, Jesus climbs the cross, and dies. Dies. Why did Jesus die? To pay for man's sin. Because man has rebelled. The rebellion from your friends in Genesis, it has only been um, covered, but not dealt with. So, Jesus climbed the cross to meet the requirement of God's judgment. Remember, as a king, he judges all things. So he met the requirement of the judge, met the requirements of the king, so that any hindrance will be taken off, and then now we can enter, and God can start building his kingdom. So that's why Jesus died. But even after Jesus died, you remember the Bible tells us that Jesus appeared unto them and told them that now all authority has been given to me, right? But then he tells them that don't move. Wait. Why did he tell them don't move? No, no, wait. You know, the kingdom, in, in, in a sense, it looks as if, uh, I've, paid, I've paid a price. But no. The beginning of the kingdom, remember I said that God knows one thing. The problem is man's heart. And the only thing that can deal with the man's heart is the spirit of God. It's the, the only thing I can do. That's why he said, he said, look, I'm going to change your heart and I'm going to take the heart of stone. And I'm going to give you a heart of what? Flesh. And what he meant by that is I was going to give them the impact of the spirit. Because it's only the spirit that is able to tender the heart of man. Hey. 
So he tells them that, yes, I've died. Judgment and every requirement, but don't move. The kingdom age is being ushered by, it's going to be ushered by the spirit. <laughs> you get it? So that's a good meet up, up there, and Bible says they're waiting. Ah, ah, hey. As they were waiting, someone said, as they were waiting. And then what happened? The Holy Ghost. Hey. Romans 14, 17. What does it say? He said what? For the kingdom of God. Okay, let's read on. Let's read, let's read. For, for what? Uh-huh. It's not eating and drinking, but what? Where? No, where? Where is it? I can't hear. It's where? It's where? In the Holy Spirit. My husband put this way. He said, look, what Jesus came to do, which is most profound, dying on the cross and shedding his blood for our sins, is profound. But he said, look, that was not all. The reason why Jesus actually shed his blood is so that the Holy Spirit, who is truly the work of God, will come. That's what Jesus did. His shedding of his blood is to take away sin so that the one who works the works of the kingdom, the Holy Ghost, will come. So that's, that's actually why he did what he did. The Holy Ghost. Because the kingdom of God is in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a true manifesto of God's kingdom and God's agenda and God's will. Ha! Ah. <laughs> Do you understand? Hey. Is the Holy Ghost in? Yes. I said, well, the end of, you know, when you say rapture, I, I, I like the way one man of God said, he said, when you talk about rapture, rapture is just bringing home the spirit. He said, once the spirit is, don't, is not there, the kingdom agenda is not there. The one who works the kingdom agenda is the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Spirit. A church that is alive, or a church that is, in the, is working the works of the kingdom, is a church that has the Holy Spirit. <laughs> because righteous, that's what the Bible said, that he's the one that even convicts men of what is right or wrong. Where is your idea of being right or wrong without the Holy Ghost? It's religion. And religion saves no man. The church age is the age of the Holy Ghost. Ah, amen. The kingdom age is, a, is the age of the Holy Spirit. It's the age of, so when you look, even when you check church history, and you see dark ages and all that, there were times where the Holy Ghost didn't have a free flow. Once the Holy Spirit is not there, darkness is there. The rebellion of man is there. Once the Holy Spirit hasn't gone away, our rebellion is taking its, its place. But when we allow the Holy Spirit inside, he brings us to a place of true submission unto God, willingly and out of joy. Hey. So this morning, I came to challenge you that the kingdom age is here. Hallelujah. And it's been here since the Holy Ghost in the upper room. Since the upper room. Since the upper room. Yeah. Amen. 
So they go looking out for a human kingdom. They say, no, 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 no. <laughs> so everywhere you see that the kingdom started moving through individuals who were carrying God's agenda in submission to his will. And you see that the kingdom of God started taking influence in kingdom. This is, look, it, 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 went, uh, it went to some of the top, top, top uh, places of authority during those times. Paul took the kingdom message to Agrippa and the rest. Yeah. This was God cheat code, God's cheat code into one man moving and the kingdom is moving. Those days, if the kingdom is moving, you have to gather army of people and they, yeah, 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 God, and they are full of their own problems. I know this one, the Holy Ghost is in a man. In one man, and as he's moving, the kingdom of God is moving. What are you talking about? Hallelujah. That's why there's hope. There's, there's hope for a society, even if one man carries the kingdom mindset. If one man allows the Holy Ghost inside of them, they are carrying God's light into a dark world. Hey. Yeah. That's why God waited. Uh, Jesus should come and die so that the Holy Ghost will be ushered. So when we were killing Jesus, Jesus, that's why Jesus was laughing at them. He said, you don't know what you're doing. Kill me. Do it quick. It's hard, but do it quick. And then when he finished, he said, they, they, they killed him. People said, why don't you wait? No, no, no. It's not about me. He said, what I will do for the kingdom to come, I've come to do it. Now the real guy, hey, the real guy is coming. You can't even see him. But you can feel his effect. It's with power. Someone say power. Shake your nose and say power, 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 power. Hallelujah. He's here. Tell me he's here. Shake your nose and say, he's here. He's here. He's here. He's here. He's here. Is the Holy Spirit here? The kingdom of God is here. It means that a home, a family that allows the Holy Spirit there, the kingdom agenda will be there. Someone said, my house, the devil wants to rule there. Is the Holy Ghost ruling your heart? If the Holy Ghost is ruling your heart, then who is the devil coming to rule where? But how makes some sense? Because it's not about the physical, it's a no. <laughs> it's about the realm. May, we, may God bring us to a full understanding of the kingdom agenda. Hallelujah. Wherever you are wanted to rise up on your feet, just... We hope you were blessed by this message. For more information, please visit our social media websites on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook at Family Alive Ministry. Please subscribe, follow, like, and share. God bless you and have a great week.